title of my message this morning is a song in the night a song in the night in the old testament and in ancient poetry the night always represents doom despair death depression we all face night seasons along the way and maybe you're in a night season this morning I want you to have a song in the night because I serve a Savior that puts not only salvation in your heart but a song in your heart and once you learn how to release your song in the night God will shift you and use you not just today but every day you're on earth and a song in the night is important because once you land in eternity that's what we do we release a song forevermore Acts chapter 16. You know, I've taught you soulmates, cellmates, and teammates. I've taught you that many times. A soulmate is someone who's into you, someone that you can count on through thick, through thin, someone who loves you unconditionally, someone who will be there for you no matter what popular opinion says. A soulmate, like Jonathan and David, is someone whose soul is knitted with yours. If you die and you have three soulmates in your life at that time, you're a very lucky individual. They are few and far between. And teammates, as I've taught you before, teammates aren't bad people, but they're only in your life for a season. And during that season, you accomplish great things together. You should celebrate that season and you should celebrate your teammates. But where we mess up is we try to make teammates soulmates. And you'll end up frustrated if you try to make a teammate a soulmate. Because teammates eventually leave and join other teams. Teammates are only there in your life for a season. Celebrate the season, but don't get too attached. And then I've been extremely hard on the next one, cellmates. Cellmates are those people that are only happy for you when you're in the same prison cell that they are. The prison cell of religion, addiction, pride. Whenever you are in the same prison cell with a cellmate, they'll celebrate you. They'll be your best friend. But when you try to break out of the prison of your past, the prison of addiction, the prison of sin, the prison of religion, and you try to truly embrace freedom, the cellmates will start hating on you. Because the cellmate's only happy for you when you are in the same misery that they are. But I'm telling you, I've been preaching this for seven years, and one day the Holy Spirit kind of smacked me and said, Ronnie, there are some good cellmates. He said, remember Paul and Silas. Sometimes cellmates aren't so bad. Sometimes cellmates can be soulmates. Sometimes cellmates can be teammates. Sometimes God allows you to be in prison so that you can release a song that'll lead to a magistrate getting saved, a whole prison getting saved, the people who beat you will wash your wounds, and a whole city will be saved. Sometimes God allows things to work together for the good for those called according to his purpose. And that's what we see here in Acts chapter 16. I confess to you, I never spent any time in prison 
But I did spend a night in the Hamilton County Jail about 20 years ago. And honestly, this is not Shawshank Redemption. I was there for something I wasn't guilty of. But I had done enough during that season that I probably should have been in there other times. So I just felt like God and I were even. But I felt so bad, and, and it was crazy. If you've never spent a night in the Hamilton County Jail, I don't recommend it. First of all, you got to pee in front of a lot of people, and that's kind of weird. The food's not very good. And so I was about to get out, and I was sitting on a stool, and there was this one brother, about 350 pounds, and he was so tough to deal with, he'd beat the fool out of some people. I think he had mental illness. But they put him in that cell in there that is designated for the crazy people. He was in a cell by himself. And I'll never forget, he was singing baller, shot collar, 20-inch blades on the Impala. If you don't know that, it'll be okay. We'll, we'll catch you up on the 90s later. But he had the most beautiful voice, Seth, I've ever heard in my life. It was who hijacked the anointing. He had the best voice, and it echoed. He had a song in the night. And I remembered that story when I was preparing this message because I thought, you know, sometimes God will give you a song. You might be in a prison cell all alone. You might be addicted. You might have been abused. You might have been abandoned, but... The Holy Ghost will give you a song that's a lot better than little Troy. He'll give you a song that will move heaven to earth, break open prison doors, set people free. In this particular text, I want you to read it when you get home. I don't have time this morning, so I'm going to summarize the text. But Paul and Silas entered into the region of Philippi, and there was a demon-possessed girl, and she was mocking them, and she was making fun of them, and she, she was ridiculing them and heckling them. And so Paul, being the man of God that he was, he cast this demon out of this girl. Cast this demon out of this girl. And when she does that, her pimp, and everybody say pimp. The text says master, but if you, if you read it closely, it's more like a pimp. And see, the enemy will make you feel like you are free, but he'll put you under the control of a master, a religious master, or a pimp. And this girl was under the control of a pimp. He was making money off her fortune telling and soothsaying and all of those things. He, they were making money off this lady. And she became free and fully alive. God set this girl free. And you'd think that the town would celebrate this. But they didn't celebrate this girl's freedom. It's kind of like the culture we live in today. There's so much sick sin underneath the rug of this country. But no one will confront it because everybody's in on it and that's what you had going on they didn't want the money to drop they had taken advantage of this girl Paul said I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her and he was free and so then they brought Paul and Silas to the magistrate here's what the text says these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city and they teach customs which are not lawful for us being Romans to receive or observe verse 22 then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods, laid stripes on them, put them in the inner prison, and fastened their feet in the stocks. But here we go. Mm. 
but at midnight. You know, there are some mysterious occurrences that can happen at midnight. God moves at midnight. And sometimes when it's midnight in your life, when it's dark, when there's no hope, God will put a song in your spirit. And they may think you're crazy, but sometimes you got to release the song that God's put inside you. you got to speak faith. People ask me all the time, why won't God answer my prayers, Pastor Ronnie? Why won't God? And I said, you know, I've been to seminary six years, and I've heard the greatest teachers and preachers on the planet my whole life. But there's some questions I just can't answer. But one thing I know is that faith still works. And if you'll believe something that isn't so till it is so, then that moves God's kingdom to earth. And God will show up for you. But I don't believe my God gives kids cancer or sends hurricanes. I don't believe I serve a God that does that. I believe this earth is fallen and cursed and will come to an end. But I believe there are times where God's kingdom will come to earth. And we are the agents that bring his kingdom to earth. We have to know who we are in Christ. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loose. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, this is good. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You see, we don't need to be scared of a move of God. Sometimes the weirdest things will bring people to faith in Jesus Christ. You have to allow the Spirit of God to move and release your song, even if it embarrasses you, because your song may be what leads somebody else to get saved. You have a song that God's put on the inside of you and it says in our text Paul would answer believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household see it's not enough just for you to get saved God's using you to reach other people God will use you to reach other people then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house and he took them that same hour of the night and washed their stripes and the whole family was baptized the Apostle Paul was not a very popular person he would be beaten, shipwrecked, snake bit, had seizures. Every time he went in, they beat him. You know, I think of Billy Graham when he was alive. You know, Billy Graham advised like 14 presidents, Democrat, Republican. Everywhere Billy Graham went, he had respect. Everybody loved him, at least the majority. Bishop T.D. Jake, same way. Doesn't matter what circle he's in, most people love him. Apostle Paul didn't have that anointing. Everybody hated him. Everybody. He spent nearly six years in prison. Writing the New Testament. He was ugly. He had seizures. He had a thorn in his flesh. He used to kill Christians. So the Jewish people thought he was an Uncle Tom. They hated him. And they beat him. But if God be for you, <laughs> who can be against you? It doesn't matter who's for you, who's against you, who's cursed you. If God be for you, who can be against you? Somebody needs to grab hold of that. And so this girl has been set free. God has touched her. And it leads to a conversion of a whole region. One person's freedom 
led to thousands being saved. Do you understand that the kingdom's waiting on you to get free? The kingdom's waiting on you to get free this morning. Your family's waiting on you to get free. Your friends are waiting on you to get free. This city's waiting on you to get free. Because once you get free, oh my goodness. You see, you look at people like me and you don't think we have a past and you think that we've got it all together. You don't even have a clue. We just decided to release a song in the night. And if you'll release your song, God will move in a powerful way. Quickly, some revelation for you. Cellmates will only celebrate you when you remain in bondage with them. They'll only celebrate you when you stay in bondage with them. Next, cellmates are under the illusion of freedom, but not the reality of freedom. Now, here's the deal. You had a slave girl under the control of a pimp, demon-possessed. She thought she was free. Then you had Paul and Silas. They were under the control of a prison and a magistrate. Everybody thought they were in bondage. They were free. That's the way the kingdom of God works. You see, sin will tell you you have freedom, and you won't come to Christ, get, go to church, do the, do the church thing, because you don't want to lose your freedom. What you don't realize is you're already in bondage. You are under the illusion of freedom. You're in more bondage than everybody that's been set free. And you have the same principle here. This girl thought she was free. She was under the control of a pimp. Everybody thought they were in bondage, but God was with them. God was for them, and God had a greater plan. Hebrews 11, verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. So how did Paul and Silas respond to being falsely accused in prison for something they really didn't do? Did they cry? Did they blame God? Did they blame the culture? Did they blame their race? Did they blame other people? No. They found their song. You see, let me tell you something. Blaming others, even when it's their fault, is not going to set you free. The only thing that will set you free is your song. How do you respond when things don't go your way? Are you a victor or a victim? You've got to decide what you're going to be. You've got to decide how you're going to react to God's plan for your life. Cellmates. Paul and Silas decided to release a song in the night. They decided to sing. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, Why, oh, why hast thou forsaken me? You know, for, ye for years I heard it preached, and I even thought, Man, God's ha Jesus is having a moment where he's questioning God here. He's questioning God like he's been beaten so badly. Crown of thorns on his head. He he's questioning the Father. Till I started studying the Bible just a little bit more. And I realized, that's a song from Psalms before Jesus was born. He wasn't questioning God. He was singing. Jesus was releasing a song in the night. He was singing, friends. We've got to learn how to sing. When everything looks dark, when the doctors have given you no hope, when your friends have left you, when your father and mother have forsaken you, the Bible says the Lord shall lift you up. We've got to learn how to get a song in the night. The night is inescapable. It comes to us all. 
It represents darkness and difficulty. Maybe you're going through a night season. The Bible says that Job was a child of light, but you remember what happened to him. God took everything or allowed everything to be taken from him so that he would get the glory. Cellmates with a song are soulmates for life. Cellmates with a song are soulmates for life. How do you know if somebody's a soulmate? Because in your darkest moments, they'll sing with you. They'll pray for you. They'll love you. That's why you need to be connected with the church. I can't promise I'll be here for every one of your issues, but there'll be somebody who'll celebrate you, somebody that'll sing with you, somebody that'll pray for you, someone that'll be there in the midst of the night. What was their song? It was Holy Spirit in the midst of darkness. It was power of God unto salvation. It was light for a dark world. It was faithfulness. It was faith that God could grant them freedom, even though they were in chains. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. Any fool can sing in the day. It's easy to sing when we can read the notes by daylight. But the skillful singer is he who can sing when there's not a ray of light to be read by. Songs in the night come only from God. They are not the power of men. If you need a song in the night this morning, it starts with your soul. You've got to have the psalmist, the king of kings, the savior of the world. Jesus. In your soul. And if he's in there, the hero within, he'll sing through you. And he'll sing for you. So, how many of you say, Pastor Ronnie, I need a song in the night. I'm going through a difficult time. I've got a diagnosis. I'm going, I want to give you four quick ways and you can have a song in the night. First, if you want to have a song in the night, you've got to practice singing in the day. And if darkness represents night, and we can't escape night, and death, then that means the day represents joy and new beginnings. So we've got to learn how to praise God during the good times if we're ever going to praise God in the bad times. Some of you use God as a get-out-of-jail-free card. He's not. He's worthy to be praised. What does the Bible say? Weeping endures for a night. But what? Joy comes in the morning. Let me tell you, if you want a song in the night, you've got to learn to start singing in the daytime. Number two, you've got to identify the soulmates God has for you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 12 talks about Silas, the cellmate that was also a soulmate in the Apostle Paul's life. And this is what it says about Silas. He was a faithful man. You heard someone today who's a faithful man. If that's all they say about you when you're gone is that you're a faithful man or woman. Isn't that good enough? I'll be frank with you this morning. It's good enough for me. And let me tell you, faithful people make the greatest friends. Because faithful people understand that it's not right to leave you in the night. That it's not right to leave you 
during your most difficult season. Faithful people are the greatest soulmates, and the greatest soulmate, who's also a teammate, and who's also a cellmate with a song, is Jesus. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And if you have no one, Jesus will fill all three of those voids in your life this morning. You need to identify the soulmates God has for you. Some of you are in the mess you're in because you keep running with people that won't celebrate you, they won't sing with you, and they won't believe with you. You've got to find people that will sing with you. And what does sing mean? It means have joy. Release your song. Release your gift. You need people who tell you who you can be, not who you are not. You need people who are dug in to what God's called you to do. You need people who won't just leave you over a rumor. People that have enough discernment to stand their ground. I'm thankful this morning. I can preach on this because I got a few. And they've been with me. And they ain't going nowhere. I pray that you feel what that feels like before you die. To have friends that love you. That even though they know all your junk, still call you pastor. I got a few. But the greatest is Jesus. He rescued me when I was in the midst of darkness. Remember, number three, that joy comes in the morning. You need a song of the night, you've got to remember that joy comes in the morning. That's why I hate suicide so much. Because the enemy convinces you that you need to kill yourself, that life would be better without you in it. And that's a lie to the pit of hell. You're under the control of Satan, the demonic pimp, a liar, murder, and a thief. And all you need to understand in the pit of your soul is that joy comes in the morning. And morning represents a new season. I don't care what the devil's told you. Don't kill yourself. I remember wanting to die. I remember thinking this world would be better without me. But I'm living proof that the sun comes up tomorrow and that new seasons come and that daylight comes after night. You just got to hang in there and release your song. And once you release your song, you will see an open door. Somebody say, I need an open door. Acts chapter 16. (laughs) It said that an earthquake shook the foundation and the doors came open. (laughs) You don't think God will open a door for you? He'll send an earthquake to open a door for you. If man won't open it, God will open it. You've been praying for an open door. I'm going to tell you, move from praying to singing and watch what God does. In Revelation there, three doors. There's the relationship door from at the church of Sardis. It says he stands at the door and knocks and he wants to dine with you. First of all, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Then there's the church door, the church of Philadelphia, which we know what the key of David is. It's worship. But it's worship connected to other people. Relationship door, the church door. You need a relationship with Jesus. You need to be connected with the church. Ah, but then there's a heavenly door that comes to those who are in a night season and decide to release a song. It says, I looked up and I saw a door standing open in heaven. I don't know about you, but I've seen some things. I've heard some things. I've felt some things. I've seen God open doors 
that can't be explained. And I'm here to tell you, God will open a door for you. He'll open heaven for you. Pour out blessings for you. If you learn how to release a song in the night. Paul said, listen, if you kill me to live as Christ, to die is gain. That's where some of you need to get to. Lord, if I die, I get to be with you. Let me tell you, God responds to faith. The kingdom moves when faith is released. When you release your song, the power of God falls. I want to close with a story I read about Ken and Jean Chaney of Mariposa, California. It's a phenomenal story. They were driving to Fresno, California to clear up a tax question. On their way home, driving through Sierra Nevada, their car ran off the road and the couple was snowbound for 18 days. They lived off gum, certs, and God for 18 days. They would turn on the heat every three minutes till the certs ran out, till the gum ran out, till their lives eventually ran out. They ran out of everything, but they didn't run out of their faith. You see, Ken and Gene Chaney, they were devout Christians. They cared for the homeless and the drug addicts of their city. They invited them into their homes. They were godly people. So during those 18 days, they decided to keep a journal. They knew something about a song in the night. I want to read some of the entries they wrote. One of the entries said, We spent the night singing hymns and quoting Bible verses. A few days later, they wrote in the journal, So here we are, completely and utterly in God's hands. What better place to be? The last entry written was to their children. This is what it said. Dad went home to be with the Lord at 7.30 this evening. March 18th. It was so peaceful, I didn't even know he left. The last thing I heard him say was thank the Lord. There's an old song that says, sing though the night is long. Sing though the burden is strong. Sing, sing, sing. For the night will not last, only a short time. And in the day, God's great light will shine. I don't know about you, but I need a song. And so do you. And it starts with a relationship. And it leads to connection. And then heaven opens. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? every head bowed and every eye closed for those of you who are in darkness and who've always been in darkness and you're longing for light the Bible says Jesus is the light of the world so the first thing I want to do is give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life and the light of your life how do you do that the Bible says if you confess your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead you'll be saved you'll be saved if you don't know Jesus and you don't know where you'd spend eternity, we want you to spend it in the light, in the glory of God, with Jesus. And I'm going to pray a prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed. You pray it in your heart. You can pray it out loud. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, 
That's right, dear Lord Jesus. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for your glory. Bible says if you'll not confess me in front of men I'll not confess you in front of my father so today I'm coming down front if you prayed to receive me I want you to run down here tell one of our pastors but I also want to lay hands on those of you who need a song in the night maybe it's a diagnosis maybe it's depression maybe it's difficulty that I haven't mentioned whatever it is if you need a song on you and ask God to give you your song back. Some of you, this is just a reminder. Why not stay a while today and worship? Worship with your church. Give God a few minutes of your praise. Be thankful. Release your song in the night. Stand on your feet all over this building. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving me a song in the night. Thank you for loving me unconditionally. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Father God, I come against depression, anxiety, defeat, the diagnosis. I say that this congregation is healed by the blood of Jesus. And we are a free people, a free church. So, Lord, I pray that your spirit would bring freedom and healing today to everyone. Everyone that releases a song in the night, you come if you need.